You are listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Melbourne to Baltimore, from London to Piraeus. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you'll never lose the latest updates and stories of the team you love. This is our team, our city, and our land. You're listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast. Welcome to the Gate 7 International Podcast, your official English source for all things Olympiakos FC and Greek football. You are listening to episode number 65. My name is Peter Thompson. I'm here with my co-hosts, Lambro Sirmos, Costa Levoyanis, and Adi Bulubasis. Our European campaign has come to an end, unfortunately. We went out on, on a bit of a high note with a win today. We, we showed... Uh, a very strong performance, I think. We played well, and um, unfortunately, the, the season has to end. We'll talk about the game a little bit. Uh, we'll have more analytics, obviously. Uh, those don't come out until, you know, maybe 12 hours after the game, so we don't have any analytics right now, but we will get into that later. Uh, a couple housekeeping things before we really get into it. As we said on our episode yesterday with Costa Dianos, there is a new Olympiacos Discord channel. Uh, if you enjoy chatting with people about the club, if you want people to talk to about Olympiacos after a game, this channel is great. The link is on our Twitter. Thank you to at King5091392 for setting that up. It's really active. If you're looking for someone to talk to, we're all in there as well as many, many other Olympiacos fans. And it's always a great discussion. So feel free to hop in there. Additionally, uh, if you saw on our Twitter at Gate7INTL, we actually, uh, as recording this, we just did a little Twitter live segment post game. We had a lot of fun with it. I want to just say thank you. Thank you to everyone who came in and dropped by, said hi, left us a question. We got some really nice questions. We also got some people making fun of us, which is always fun as well. Um, but we're definitely thinking of doing more of those guys. And, uh, let us know as well any feedback you might have. We're thinking maybe doing pre-game episodes, maybe even during the game, halftime. I mean, the possibilities are, uh, are endless. We could do a lot of things with this, and we, we hope to have more opportunities to engage with you all. Speaking of engaging with you all this weekend, we will have a big opportunity to allow you to become part of an episode of the Gate 7 International Podcast. This weekend on Saturday, I believe it's March 20th, at 5 p.m. Eastern, which is, I believe, 11.30 p.m. Greek time, um, and I guess 9 p.m. UK time, uh, we will be recording and we will post the Zoom link to our Twitter account at Gate7INTL. You'll also be able to find it on Instagram, Gate7INTL. Um, you can click on that link and you can come in, say hi, ask us a couple questions. We will be joined by our good friend, George, who many of you are familiar with from the last boozing with the boys over the holidays uh, at Life of George C on Twitter. And uh, he's a close friend of ours. So we always have a good time. We'll be, you know, letting loose a little bit and, uh, and just having a, having a good old time chatting about the club. Feel free to vent your frustrations if you have any or, or just say your opinion on the club. We should, uh, we should enjoy that one. Additionally, thank you to our sponsor, Piraeus International. As always, 
Piraeus International has been helping Greeks ship to and from the motherland during COVID-19. Shipments to Greece are going out from Baltimore, Maryland every month. Fill any large U-Haul box, send it to our friends in Baltimore, and it will be shipped to the port of Piraeus for only $50. Better yet, fill any large wardrobe box and send it for $100. Give them a call at 410-675-4696 or send an email to sales at PiraeusINTL.com. Now, let's get into this game, guys. Olympiakos 1, Arsenal 0. It was not enough. Uh... Maybe we all knew in, in, the, in our brains that it was very unlikely we would go through. But when El Arabi scored the goal in the beginning of the second half, our hearts all jumped up and we believed for a minute there. Um, we played, I think, pretty good football. We probably didn't get enough chances uh, at the end of the day to realistically expect to score three goals. But we did have some nice possession here and there. And uh, we defended really well, I think, as well. Um, Ba, unfortunately, sort of a, a, a poor way to end the game, let his emotions get to him a little bit and gets uh, two yellow cards in quick succession and gets sent off. And that was basically the nail in the coffin. Any hopes of scoring two goals in 10 minutes were gone. And we ended up winning one nil, which was, of course, uh, was not enough to advance. But, uh, you know, there were some, some positive things to look on in this game. Uh, we beat Arsenal in the Emirates. Uh, for I think the third time we've, we have more wins. I, I, I don't know what the time frame of this is, but we have more wins against Arsenal in the Emirates than Spurs and Liverpool, if I'm reciting that correctly. Um, so, you know, it's very nice to see that obviously, um, some players played very well as well. And, uh, I think, you know, as we, as we sort of review the European campaign, I think we, as a team should be proud of how we played. You know what? I I just wanna I wanna start by saying something about Martins. Not just because there were some people after the last game against Arsenal that were calling for his head. I'm not gonna characterize those people. But in his first season, you may remember there was a cup game where we got knocked out of the cup by Lamia. And there were people close to the chairman, close to Marinakis, calling for Martin's head again, telling Marinakis, get rid of this guy. He's a disaster. I am so grateful. I'm so thankful that Marinakis told those people to get the fuck out. Three seasons on, this is the second consecutive season that we've got to the last 16 of a European competition. In his first season, we got to, to, um, to the knockout stages of the Europa League as well. We were knocked out by Dynamo Kiev. Pedro Martins's record in, in European competition has been good. Um, and Peter, you mentioned that we believed when El Arabi scored that we could turn it around. I believed before the game even started. This manager, this team, the team he built, they had us daring to believe that the impossible was possible today coming back from a 3-1 deficit, I believed that we could do it. I couldn't concentrate all day today. I couldn't work. It's never happened to me before. And that is a testament to the work that this manager has done. It's, it's really like, I, I, have to, I have to give it to Martins and, and all the people at the club. Um, 
he's created this expectation and I, I, I don't want to start talking about what happens when Martin's gone. No, I'm going to enjoy this, this achievement. And listening to Mikhail Arteta after the game today saying that in the second half, we were fitter than them. A Greek team, fitter than a Premier League team. An English club's manager saying that. That's unbelievable. And guys, one, one last thing that I want to share with you and with all, with all the listeners and all the fans. It took us 30 minutes to get out of the blocks. And that's because in the Greek league, we don't even need to come out of second gear to win games. And then when we play against teams like this, big teams with high pedigree like players, it's a different intensity. So you've, we've got to be a little bit understanding of who we, you know, where we're coming from. We're coming from a league where others can't compete with us. And the players, they don't need to come out of second gear, rarely. And that's why it took so much time in the first half to get to get going. And in the second half, I really, I, I, I'm proud of the boys. I'm really proud of them. And uh, I hope that, you know, we have a good basis for next year. And uh, no, hats off really to, to Martins and everyone today. When the game started, I'm even going to say it was almost 20 minutes in where I thought we started to at least get some passes together. Things were getting forward. I was believing at that point because that was the team that we know. This was the Olympiacos that we expected to see in the first leg. Now, obviously, we had certain limitations. Certain people were out, so it was virtually impossible to get that. But we knew that this is what the team was capable of. And I was so happy to see that. You know what? We won the battle, but we lost the war. And I'm happy coming away. Anytime the boys keep their heads held high, they march down that field. They work a team that has a budget, a total player budget, nine, 10 times above, 15 times above the transfer budget, whatever anybody else says about my math. I'm sorry. That takes heart. And credit to Pedro Martins instilling that mentality in the guys. They might not have had it the entire game in the first leg, but it was there today. Even down one man, down to 10 men, they were still running their asses off, still trying to make stuff happen. A lot of op some opportunities didn't go our way. That first El Adabi opportunity that was saved by Leno. Great save by him. Could have been a goal. We had other opportunities, you know, some mistakes, some issues in the final third but by god this team proved that it can compete with teams from top flight leagues and i'm happy i'm not disappointed at all at what i saw in the players you know what we maybe we didn't get out of the round of 16 but this is the first time that this club in the modern era and in the modern era but when i mean the modern era i'm going to say the last 30 years because I haven't looked back beyond 30 years, sorry, that we've gone back-to-back -back round of 16 in European competition. We've never done that before. We've either bowed out in the group stage or in the first knockout round, whether it's Europa League or Champions League. So the boys should be proud. A milestone has been hit for this club, and I look forward to seeing what happens next year. And 
I think like I, I especially after the first like a lot of fans were really disappointed and I think that just goes to show you the expectation that Pedro Martins not not that he has set this expectation but the expectation of the team that has come about because of how successful Pedro Martins has been like we are so lucky to have this guy you know for as long as we've had him as our manager and the accomplishments and the distance that this team has come since he was appointed manager it's incredible and for us to you know the fact that we lose to Arsenal in the Europa League and we are upset and we feel like we could have won and we believed and now we are disappointed understandably the fact that like we're at that level and everybody believes that the, from top to bottom, from, you know, the board to the coaches, the players, the fans, like it's the same mentality of like, we felt we should have gone out and beat those guys. That shows you, we are like Arsenal. I mean, yes, they're a bit of a banter club, but like they have so much more money. They have world-class players. They have just, <laughs> they have the UEFA mafia on there. No, I'm just kidding. But like, they have everything. And we are a little club from Greece with no UEFA coefficient. We have to play games in July just to even be where we are right now. Like hats off to the team and hats off to the club. Now I want to get into the actual game tactics a little bit because we saw something really unique today. And that was the three at the back. And it was interesting because uh, you know, some, a lot of times the, the Greek press releases like, oh, Martins is going to do this. Oh, Martins is going to do that. And uh, a lot of times we don't see it. You know, Martins, uh, he will try out different things, but he's usually, he usually doesn't like to test something out in a big game like this. He usually sticks with what he knows. And I think Costa was, was very confident that we would see this formation uh, from the moment that the story dropped. I think it was the day before the game. Um and so we saw it and I mean, it worked out really well, guys. It was great. It might've also been in a, in a way because Arteta didn't expect to see us line up like this, but I think the back three, like Jose Jolebas looked very natural in that back three. I think this might be the best game we've seen him this year in that position. Um, you know, he's not required to, to go as far forward. It's a bit easier for him. Uh, in that sense, I think he looks good. And Socrates and Ba looked fantastic in defense as well. Of course, uh, up until Ba got sent off, but you know, he was, he was very good. And the Arsenal front three were crickets the entire game as well, guys, um, for the most part, you know, Aubameyang got loose a couple of times and Sa took care of it. Pepe, you know, same can be said. Um, they did a really good job on those threatening players, players that are worth, much, much more than anyone on our team, guys. Um, and, and you know, we dealt with them. So I'm very happy with that as well. Can I just say Nicola Pepe is was paid for, was it almost 80 million euros they paid for him? Yes. Jose Holebas and Oleg didn't really have too big of a problem with him. We have to say that. Oleg, Oleg played. I, before I go to tactics, you all, you all got the opportunity. So I'm going to take the opportunity as well. I want to say bravo to Jose Holebas. Bravo to Jose Sa. I just want to stick that right into the dagger. The people saying he needs to get out. Jose Sa, we're lucky to have at this club. And one bad game is never going to change that. Two months of bad form is not going to change that for me. And also, Nico Lokopoulos on the radio saying it's time for the exit or the bench. Go. F 
I'm not going to say just get lost. I, 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 I'll stick to that. I'm, I'm not going to get too upset. Just the heart and determination showed Oleg was so was just didn't stop running up and down, up and down, up and down on the too. Brilliant game from him. If he doesn't play for Greece, that's a joke. But I, I, I think proud is the only thing we can say, right? And this Pedro Martins project, Peter, let's go back to three years in my apartment, watching us barely scrape a draw at home to Panathinaikos. Watching Vukovic score an own goal against Watching Pauk. Vukovic score an own goal against Pauk. And I hit on this on the preview with uh, Costa. The, the Pedro Martin said in that press conference, the hardest thing is not this Arsenal game. I have built the project. The hardest thing was those first few, that first year when we had 30 shots and we were dominating, we couldn't beat Panathinaikos, we couldn't beat Pauk, we couldn't beat Ike. What Ike? We couldn't beat La Mia. So just the levels this club has grown, I, I, I think it just gets lost on some people, like where we were and what we what we are now. And I'm going to say this. I said this on Twitter. If we were healthy over two legs, I, guys, I, I give I make us favorites to go through tonight or over this tie with Samedo, with Ba, with with a healthy Socrates as well. Vrusai. Yeah, Vrusai ready to come off the bench, not that coat Lazar. It, it's just a different – it's a different team, and it's a team that Valbuena as well missed tonight, guys. Hassan, as much as I don't love him. He he could have come on in the 70th minute, 65th minute, and put some more pressure on their central defenders with crosses. Anyway, guys, just overall, I'm just so proud of the team. And the tactics worked great. And we hit upon this on this little live thing we were doing. Um, is this the formation of the future for Europe? And I was saying to these guys, I think we need that ball playing almost... Peter said it perfectly how Chelsea did it and Aspilicueta is almost like an attacking central defender. It does that even make sense? I don't know if that makes sense, but just has more opportunity to go up the field. Um we don't really have that. Jose Holebas is the only person. Is Ruben Semedo that guy? I don't know. But personally, I really I really like the idea of this and maybe that's something we can just start off the conversation, the tactics. Is this a tactic we want to see going forward for me? Hell yes, I want to see it going forward. I I really liked it today. Um, I mean, let's be honest, guys. We could throw out a we could put Kostas Tulakis up top at striker and still win the league. So you know, I think tactics wise, it's going to be hard to judge what's good and what's not in the in the league um, because we'll probably clinch in four or five games. But I mean, it's going to be interesting for next year. Because you do need a specific type of player to play that three at the back. I don't really think it works super well with just three center backs. I mean, Semedo potentially could sort of fill the role that Jolebas filled, but also is Semedo going to be here next year? Probably not. Um, So, you know, maybe we, I mean, you know, there there are some names I could think of, some Greek names I could think of that we could come in and maybe fill that role. Like Jolebas, I think is maybe going to, past this year it's, it's hard to say what he's going to be able to contribute as a regular player but I think we can see that formation more frequently it'll probably be a type of thing where it's just another another sort of tool in Martin's switchblade of, of uh, formations that he might play um, you know we see 4-4-2 in the league we see 4-2-3-1 in the league and sometimes in Europe and 
uh, we might just see him occasionally run to this. And I don't want to, uh, you guys can jump in real quick, but I just thought of this with Yanni Masuras coming back on the Rutos in the fold. Kenny Lala, could he do it? Could he do that? Is this a thing maybe he could do? I know the reporters were saying that maybe he was being ready to play center back in this emergency role because they wanted to move Mvia back into the midfield. Do we try Kenny Lala there during the playoffs? I don't know. I just thought of it. And we have two fantastic young Greek wing backs, I want to say, because they're attacking wing backs. They're defensively not sound. Maybe that's the option. I don't know. Yeah, I'll just briefly say um, in a back three, it could work with Lala. I mean, he's you kind of you kind of waste his pace a little bit. Like that's really what he's good at is, is uh, you know, dealing with those pacey players. But I mean, he's great on the ground. Uh, he's, you know, I maybe don't trust him in the air, but if you have him back there with two other bona fide center backs, maybe it's not as big of a deal. So I could maybe see it, um, but I've, I'm, I'm still not sold. You know, maybe, maybe he can grow into a role as uh, where he's a bit more strong and attack for us as well. I, I still would like to see that. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I really don't foresee us outside of situations like this, odd man situations or desperation situations moving to a 3-4-3. We've spent entirely too much time developing the 4-2-3-1, the 4-3-3 in European situations, and uh, you know, fall, the fallback, which is, is like plan C, which is the 4-4-2. Uh, you know, I, we don't have the depth at center back or at that role to play a three, four, three. So we would have to make some serious additions to roll with something like that. Uh, I, I don't see it happening. Uh, I think we're going to continue to see a, some variant of whether it's a four, two, three, one, uh, four, three, three, uh, you know, uh, whether we employ a true 10 or not, that's going to be the question. And for me, looking at, this what what we've seen and going forward there's you brought up the possibility of Semedo going right so I think given the performances we've seen from him this year I don't think it's as big of a possibility as it was last year because he regressed a little bit in his European performances this year compared to last year he could still go I'm not I'm not ruling that out I'm just saying I don't think it's as likely he'll leave this year as as last year could still happen but based on what we've seen, he did regress a little bit. Uh, but there's some, we have some questions, though, still. There is a player that has been brought up on social media. What's happening? What are we doing with him? Markovic. Could we bring him back? Should he be brought back? I think so. We have a couple of other loanies that are of interest. You brought up Yanni Masuras. How could that work in? Could he be a depth option to Lala? Adrutos go back to the midfield. But given the performances we've seen from Adrutos at the right back, do you want to mess that up? A lot of good problems to have. And then, of course, there's the, the young Serbian winger that has had a very interesting season over in second division Spain, Chumich. I got to tell you guys, even though I think that the Football IQ isn't quite there yet. I don't think he reads the game very well. I got to tell you, though, guys, what I've seen, the tape that I've watched, I mean, the kid's footwork, his technical ability is stellar. I can't see him getting bought out over the season or at the end of the season. Is this, is this a player that we also give a chance to? 
we let come back in and we see what, what happens. A lot of, I see a lot of good problems for this club going into the next season where we're going to have a much harder campaign ahead of us, more difficult, let's say qualification campaign going into Champions League, given that we have to play literally eight games to get into Champions League. And it's funny, Adi, like so many, so many people on the live stream we did were asking about transfers. You know, I think now that European campaign is over, people's minds go to transfers. And like, we were, we were talking a little bit about, you know, some people were saying like, bring Bruma back. I don't really think we want to do that. At least I, I personally wouldn't. Lambro, I know is very outspoken against that as well. Um, you know, and, and there's also, as you said, Adi, like a few loan players. We also, um, and I, I don't know how he's been doing, but Ioannis Kosti is on loan in Super League 2. I don't anticipate he comes and plays for us next year, but he's also there. Um, but, I mean, I want, I think even if Chumich is in, uh, I think we, uh, we need another winger. And I was proposing, you know, I know Adi, you said Semedo might not go, but if we could swap Semedo for a winger of Semedo's quality, I think that would make our team a lot better. Even if Semedo is not worth what he was last summer, if we could bring in a real game changer at winger and lose Semedo and still have Socrates plus Ba plus potentially Markovic plus Siovas, but I mean, <laughs> that, that might not be a bad move, uh, especially because, you know, I just really hope they, they don't like buy out Bruma and then say like, Oh, Bruma's our winger because he's not going to cut it. Um, but that, I mean, that, that sort of uh, brings up that conversation too, uh, is, uh, is what are we going to do with the wingers? Because we need a, a real big time winger of Podence. You know, we need someone like that on our team. And the transfer rumors are intensifying on the 18th of March. We haven't even reached the summer yet. And we're talking about transfers. But hey, that's everybody's favorite sport after the football, right? I just want to say something. Ari, you mentioned that you think the 3-4-3 or the 5-4-1 is something that we're probably not going to see a lot. I agree in Greece, absolutely no reason why we need to play that formation. But in these kinds of games against bigger clubs from bigger leagues, I think that we're going to see more of this. And I think we saw today that this can work. And I mentioned this on social media earlier. Martins has this team, these players so well drilled. For me, I don't care if he goes out with a 3-6-1 or whatever formation you want. Every player in this team knows their role. And I again, I have that belief that if Martins tries something in training, it's like, all right. If he tries it, it means he has he has a plan. He's communicated it to the players and the players know how to go out there and execute it. And in terms of personnel, Labro and Peter, you were talking about an attacking centre-back uh, or a ball-playing centre-back is basically what we're talking about here. And the only ball-playing centre-back that we have in our team today that can do that well at a high level is Ruben Semedo. If he leaves in the summer, then we don't have that kind of player. But there has been a lot of talk about Dimitri Siovas coming back potentially in the summer. I think that he would be a natural replacement for a player like Jose Holebas in that position that he played today. There's a big question mark for me over whether, whether Barr is going to earn a big transfer this summer. 
because for me today, until he got the red card, he was he was our best player. He was immense, absolutely immense. And I was saying, this is the game that the scouts are watching him and there's going to be a bid for 20 million at the end of the year. Easy, easy. And then he cocked it up with, with his attitude at the end. We're probably going to come back to that later. Svetozar Markovic, he's a technical centre-back as well. He can play the ball out from the back, from the little that we've seen of him. It's like the Greeks say, Xeribala. Like he knows football. He can play with the football at his feet. So I think we have the players to play that next season. And I'm keen to see more of that. And uh, I think I think it worked. It worked well. Um, one player I was disappointed with over the two legs, Madi Kamara. I expected more. I expected more from him uh, in these two legs. I don't know if it's the pressure of the two games. I have to say as well that these guys have been playing for two years, huh? Non-stop. I know we're not I'm not looking for excuses, but it has to be said. It's not it's not only true of Olympiacos players, all football players. They've been playing two years non-stop, traveling to Africa for for, for national team games. It's we have to we have to be a little bit understanding as well of, of their situation. But again, I, I if I'm a little bit disappointed from anyone, it's it's Madi. The to the point of Ba, agree a hundred percent. Ba was amazing, and Socrates too. I hope JVS watched this and saw what he left out of the ethniki. I'm sorry, guys. I've been Preach. hearing what what people have been saying. Oh, Socrates said no, no. I don't believe it for a second. I'm sorry. Four or five days after the interview, we want to believe we're supposed to believe that JVS called him. The, the story has changed so many times. First, he asked him, Socrates said no. Now it's, oh, I called him to tell him he's in the plans, but not now because the team settled. I don't give it. I don't believe it. It's all bullshit to me. I don't trust JVS. He's lied to us already. He's already failed in from the Nations League campaign. I'm sorry, guys. That was a failure. It was a failed campaign. And I hope he watched. Because Socrates looked like an elite center back today. An elite center back. Pocketing strikers that are making 20, almost 20 million British pounds a year. Okay? In the meantime, he'd rather employ center backs like Svarnas. Hey, Gutas. Or, or Gutas. Or Gutas. Or Tzavelas. Oh, the, the best center back in the Turkish league. Ah. Uh, ridiculous absolutely ridiculous that's an elite center back you just saw and we're going to be missing him now as far as players i'm disappointed with i'm going to say this Madi has disappointed me the since the break um i actually did a small breakdown of his stats and we're seeing a little bit less production from him on a whole in almost every aspect than we did in the first half of the season even but i will say this and it does speak to maybe exhaustion and player fatigue Madi's role as a midfielder is expanded this season. We're seeing stuff from him, and we brought this up in the past, that we didn't see from him last season. Madi is now tasked with not just running the midfield in a box-to-box fashion, but he's stretching width, too. Remember, when we were lacking the overlapping, the overlapping fullbacks, where was our crossing production coming from? Or the missing production? A lot of it was coming from Madi. That's not his job. He was doing it. He was making those moves. But Madi has become one of this, these not just all-purpose midfielders, not just a number eight. He's become an all-purpose everything. 
And his role has really expanded on the field. He does everything. So I think that we need to kind of go back to basics a little bit with him and, and define his role in the midfield a little bit, because we have given so much responsibility to him and put so much on his shoulders because we've taken for granted how talented and how much he can do as a player. And I think we need to bring that back in focus so that we can get the best out of him because the poor guy just looks like he's dying. 70, 75th minute, he is, he is gassed. For, and for a perfectly good reason. This poor guy is running for 90 minutes. Like, legit. He's tracking back on defense, getting back behind the ball, surging forward on the counter. I think that we need to be asking a little bit less of him if we want to get what we used to get out of him. And guys, uh, not to be that guy, um, Madi also did get coronavirus uh, around that point in the season. And I mean, it's, it's always hard to, to say whether you you're truly back at a hundred percent in terms of your physical stamina as well. Like we know this, this affects the respiratory system. Like who that could also be something, you know, I'm not going to sit here and make excuses for him, but what I will say is he shouldn't be playing a lot for the rest of the year, you know, throw him in there in, a, in big games, let him play in his natural position, you know, in a two-man midfield with Jan and Vila, for example, uh, let him do do that role that he's more natural to, and I think we'll we'll start to see better performances out of him. And again, maybe we can get a, a real winger this summer, so he doesn't have to take on the responsibilities that Adi was talking about as well. And then just uh, one completely out of left field thing that I want to bring up with uh, going back to the the three at the back. Um, from the reports, guys, it sounded like this was something that Martins adopted very, very recently. And I kind of didn't think about it until like just now, but it makes it that much more impressive how well we played. And it's, it's another like huge, huge props to Martins for the fact that he, the players seem to know their role in this, especially like Holebas and like what he knew exactly what he was meant to do. You know, he seemed very uh, aware of what his role was in this revised formation. Like the fact that we played so well, that is another reason that Pedro Martins is, an, is a top manager for us as well. Because like, even if it wasn't just like he literally decided the day before the game that we're going to do this, but like he didn't have that much time to prepare this formation. Uh, so that's very impressive. And also it has to be said, we didn't concede a set piece goal today. We didn't really even have any threatening set piece issues. And I think there was actually one where Gabriel got a header where, and they tried to do the same thing where he kind of lays back and they, you know, in swing the corner uh, farther back in the box and Gabriel hits it. And there was actually somebody there marking him. Uh, so maybe there's progress on that front as well. Um, but anyway, I, I just had that random thought. I figured I'd, I'd bring it in there, but um, yeah. Yeah, I, I have an, a few random thoughts as well. I'm reading Martin's comments from the end of the game, and they, they asked him about the European experience. And he said, we lost players at the most important times from coronavirus. It was determined a bit by coronavirus is what he was saying. At certain moments, we didn't have even an attacker in El Arabi and Hassan. In other crisis moments, I guess you would say, we didn't even have Valbuena. In other times, we didn't even have a defense. Uh, Socrates just came. We were missing a lot of players. 
and we still were so close. And if you essentially what he was trying to say is if you rerun this again, things would have been different. There were just like small moments, the Marseille game, Porto game, coronavirus injuries like this European campaign could have been so slightly different and people would have been preaching that it was like the most magical Olympiacos run and all of this through coronavirus. And I don't know, Costa made a point about us struggling to begin. And I think this was such a good point. And when he said it, it registered so much with me. When you play Larisa on the weekend, when you play La Mia, even when you play a team of the same level like Pauk, you're just not going to show it. It's just, difficult to show up with these huge Arsenal just played an amazing game North London Derby against uh, Tottenham Hotspur like how can we match that rhythm when we're playing the Pauks and La Mias of the world you know just nothing team so it's just it's difficult you know it's it's difficult like I don't know like when you're you're going at Villarinha but then you have Kieran Tierney the next day it's not the same when you play these terrible teams in Greece. I don't know. You're 100% right. You're 100% right. Uh, I wanted to also, uh, because we talked about a little bit about Pedro Martins and what it would be like to have to replace him. That's going to be the most difficult job that we have upcoming. We talked about this with Michael Vicini. And I want to remind everybody Last year, we renewed Pedro Martin's contract. He's renewed till the end of the 2022 season. So after this season finishes up, we have him on contract for one more season. This is probably the most stable Olympiacos we have had in my lifetime. Bajevic was around for three years, and that was the last time we had a coach that stuck around for three seasons. So we're going to be losing. If we can't figure out how to lock him up or get him to stay longer or find a great replacement, all of this work that's been done is going to go to waste. The club needs to make sure that it has its ducks in a row from now. And I know it took, the, the joke was that it took Mari Nike, I think, five minutes to, to secure Martins for the, the extra season for that fourth year on the deal. I am hoping that when this season comes to a close, that Mari Nike is, again, five minutes says, listen, what do you want? I'm keeping you here as long as I can. And you know what? Maybe Martins is going to say, you know what? I have an offer. I'm going to go somewhere else. But at the very least, we need to do our due diligence and try and secure him for a longer term because we have a great foundation that's been built here. There's a great project here, guys. We have been bringing players in, selling players off for incredible profit margins, getting other players in, identifying them. We have an owner now that isn't just buying players and forcing a coach to deal with it. Martins has finally set the precedent of, no, I'm picking the players. That's it. I'm not dealing with these random people. So much great growth and evolution has been occurring at this club under Pedro Martins. And I want everybody just to remember that there is a time limit until something is done. We may only get one more year of this. So keep that in the back of your minds as we're continuing to watch the rest of the friendlies we play this season, win our friendly title. 
because there, this is going to be the big problem we have to face, not just going into the next season, but as next season progresses. And guys, I mean, I don't know if we want to talk about this. It's probably something that we don't want to acknowledge, but in the event that he does leave, I mean, I think any club in the world would be lucky to have Pedro Martins as their manager. I truly believe that. I, Peter, I can I jump like, in right here? He's better than Mikel Arteta today. I, I, I just have to put, would Pedro Martins have that team with that talent in 11th place? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I, I, the amount of talent that is in that team, Pedro Martins would have whipped those clowns into shape so fast. He, that team should not even be considered w- with the talent levels. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Pedro Martins would be taking that team far. That team would be in top four right now. I, I'm, I, I was thinking that during the game, like watching that. I, I, I Pedro Martins deserves a massive job. I Valverde ask a big team. I think he has built a project too. It's not just he's the manager. He's built a project, and and someone with a lot of money and one of these big clubs in England is going to have to realize this because this is not Marco Silva here for the year and did decent in the Champions League. This man has built a project from the ground and has made Olympiacos one one of the best 30 teams in Europe. I think that's a fair statement for me. And where would he take that Arsenal team? Far. I, I'm just putting it out there right now. He has a you 4 know, million buyout option, by the way. I forgot to mention that. Only you, 4 million. You know, um, Tottenham... They, uh, just like Olympiacos, um, they went out in the Europa League today. They're, they're a bit far down the table. And uh, Mr. Mr. Mourinho <laughs> there, uh, you, you, there might be questions to be asked of him. That's maybe a situation to be monitored. I'll just say that. Do you know, do you know what Mourinho's <laughs> release is if he gets fired? Do you know how much money he's going to get? Quite a bit. More than 4 million. 40, <laughs> 40, 40. 40 million. Wow. Now, is that dead money for his wages or is that like a, is that like a security? That's his compensation clause. Wow. If, if he doesn't see out the duration of yeah. the contract. If they want wow. to get rid of him. That's crazy. Hmm. On, on the whole Martins topic, I agree with, with Ari. If I was... If I was the chairman, I think we we doubled his salary. Like his his earnings were doubled when we to one million. Exact. So he had a contract five hundred k. They doubled it. We so that was announced at the beginning of this season. His extension. I would I would give him more. I would say. Oh yeah. So how much do you want, mate? Like sign another couple of years. Like what do you want? I I'll mean, look, guys. He he's more important. I would say he's more important to our team than any player on our squad. Yes. Yes. So, I mean, I, and I get there's politics, but like by that principle, he should be making more than El Arabi, more than Vabuena, more than Jan and Vila, more than Fortunis. Like, yeah. Blank check, man. I mean, please stay here for as long as you possibly can. The, th- um, the thing is, if that, if that club from England does come knocking, that's what he's going to go for. And I, I don't, don't think I don't blame I d- him to be fair. I don't think he's gonna 
be the kind of guy that's going to go back to Portugal to manage Sporting no. or a Benfica or a Porto. No, just like they're massive clubs. And the Portuguese league is way better than the Greek league. No question about it. But that's what I think his target is. And I think he's been quite clear about that in the media as well. Like when he's talked about it in the Portuguese media, it's like, if I leave Olympiacos, I want to go and manage in the English Premier League at some point in my career for a big team. So that's what that's what we're all afraid of. Um, for the moment, as far as I can tell, United, okay, yeah, United's got Solskjaer. Uh, Chelsea just got a new manager. City, Guardiola's not going anywhere. So you know those those big clubs in in England they have managers now. If he's going to go and leave and manage a club like Burnley or I don't know what. I don't think so, but fingers crossed. Fingers crossed we can keep him for another season at least and that Chairman's got his uh, his ideas clear in terms of what he has to do and that he's already thinking about trying to extend him again. Guys, I obviously don't want Martins to leave, but picture Jurgen Klopp gets, gets, the, gets the sack. Martins to Liverpool. Chimikas starts and plays every game and is world-class. Fortunis becomes <laughs> Liverpool's new 10. <laughs> Matthew Valbuena, the left winger. The debate <laughs> rages on. I demand you, I demand the Liverpool board, bring me Matthew Valbuena. To <laughs> that would oh be hilarious. God. Guys, we forgot also to mention one huge detail. And... It was actually just posted by George at Gate 7 Montreal. If we have fans in the stadium, yes, we steamroll Arsenal. I'm saying it. I'm sorry. Yes. I don't care if it's disrespectful to Arsenal as a club. We steamroll them with fans in the stadium. I don't care if we're missing a center back. I don't care if Yenvila's not playing in the midfield. We steamroll Arsenal if fans are at Gata Skyke and if even we and have if a thousand fans there. And yes. at the Emirates, guys. Yes. Like, <laughs> let's be honest. Like, Don Robbie said this. Like, the, the fans in the Greek fans, the Olympiacos fans in London were huge for us winning that game. Like, Yermes even if, the same thing. If we Yermes could have gotten fans, thing. yeah, if we could have gotten fans for even the second leg, it would have helped. That's the crazy part. And it's like the whole season we can say this, but people, you know, it's, it's easy to forget about. But totally. I, I, I don't know why. I, when we talked with Robbie, I kind of played it down a little bit because I, I do feel like the players have gotten used to playing in these conditions, but I was talking about it with a friend today and we were watching the game and you're just like at one, one at Garay Skaggy, when El Arabi scores the equalizer, the second, the, the second goal is scored by the 12th man. Do you know what I mean? You just feel like the, the second goal is scored by the fans and the fans do lift that team. And, it, is, it hasn't been true of all teams in a, like that we've had in the past years. But if you guys remember, like last year in particular, every time that we played at home in the qualifiers in the Champions League and the first like 10, 15 games of the league, they would stay after the 90 minutes and they would go yes. to each side of the, of, of, the, of the stadium starting at gate seven and they would all grab each other's shoulders and start jumping up and down and singing like with 
with the fans and there was just that connection that's been created between the team, the players, the staff, the coaches and the, and the fans that was so unique. And in, in the end, I think Robbie was right when he, when he made that point. And it may, I don't know, maybe it didn't speak to us. It's kind of an obvious thing, but yeah, I, I totally agree with what you said. Ari and today as well after the one nil Jesus Christ like the second half we came out and it was just chance after chance after chance the first 10-15 minutes of the second half you just thought that there's there's another one coming like you just I, I was standing up the entire time in the second half I, I watched the entire second half standing up yeah and just to go on that point I remember the AC Milan game we had chances we had chances and then the first goal came in and we scored three goals in 20 minutes. And that was the fans. Like, you could see the AC Milan players were crumbling under the pressure, you know. I remember that so much. And, God, it just makes me nostalgic for for the pre-coronavirus days. Like, people on top of each other. And if you haven't been in Karishkaki, you know, like, in some of these games, like, it is trembling. And there's something we've talked about a few times, but you just, like, feel it in the air, the anxiety, the excitement. And like, again, we, when we talk to these, to former players, man, they told you like walking on that field and it's shaking. Like, man, it is, it is crazy. It, it, it's something else. And we really don't, we, you're so right. We don't talk about it because we know it. We, we've lived with this our whole life. So it's like, oh, the fans not being there. Okay. Yeah, sure. But it, it, it is so big. It is so big. And I just can't wait until next season. Hopefully we're all back. I'm, I'm, I, I discussed with Costa off camera, maybe a season ticket for me is, is in the works. We'll see. I, I just want to live those moments that far. we've missed. You're not too far. It, it's a little far, but I'm, you know, if there's Bro, online it's learning, it. screw it. It's worth it. Exactly. Um, guys, as we begin to wrap up, uh, you know, obviously I know doing man of the match when we lose the tie is not the best, but I still think today we can we can give one out uh i'm going to give my man of the match to jose sa uh as i said in the live stream i think i can't remember a foot he put wrong during the game um i think maybe there was that one time when pepe was coming and he came out and pepe got around him but jan avila was or socrates was there and it went for a corner but whatever um but other than that i mean he made some incredible reflex saves he played some great balls as well. That one to El Arabi that he almost scored. Like, how often do you see that anymore? Um, he was very commanding. For you know, he wasn't afraid. He was very assured of himself. I mean, you watch that game, and and it's easy to forget about the last few games where he had a few mistakes. Um, and knowing as well everything he's been going through, like, man, what a, what an absolute warrior, like incredible mental fortitude from Jose Sa to go out there and have a great game and keep us a clean sheet. So he is my man of the match. Pedro Martins. Yeah. A plus guys like to make a big call to play a new formation, to get the players to the point where they are comfortable enough with that formation that they can play it and get a result. Um, obviously we didn't get three goals, but guys, it, you know, with the personnel we had available with, you know, the situation we were in, no fans, 
hats off, you know, excellent effort from the team, really great stuff to build on for next year. Hopefully next year we can continue to have this pedigree and push farther. Liked pretty much everything Martins did today. So I'd give him an A plus. Peter and everyone, we have that joke, you know, when we can't think of a man of the match, say Jose saw, but I just love this guy, man. I, I, I don't, I, I don't, God, so many times, I, I think it's the emotional podcast when I want to swear, but I don't really care what anyone has to say. I love this guy. I just love this guy. Like the memories are kind of coming back tonight of some of the, the amazing saves and some of the amazing games and just like everything this guy's giving the club and another fantastic game tonight. Um, Demis Casares did a tweet too about that Obama Yang. He was on one-on-one. Jose Saw played perfectly. Aubameyang missed the chance, but he played it so perfectly, made his body so big. It was brilliant. It was a masterclass from Saw tonight, guys. I'm so proud of him, and I I really hope he can he gets that message from the fans because I think if there were fans at Kariskaki on Saturday, there would be a lot of Jose Saw, ole, ole, ole. There would be a lot of cheering for him to back him, and I hope he gets that message over social media. Man of, my, man of the match for me. Also, if Ba doesn't get it sent off, I think he he's competitor too as well. And Socrates um, too. All of them. And Socrates, of course, just fantastic from them. Um, and Martin's A plus. Just we nitpick sometimes, and it's sometimes it's warranted. Then play Kuipers more, man. Just play Kuipers more. But <laughs> other than that, <laughs> a, a plus for for Martins. It was a fantastic game and. We almost had them. We almost had them, and things could be different. Maybe next year they are. And next year, I don't know. I, I'm going to go to bed dreaming tonight because I think we can do something special next year. Before uh, before Costa takes my man of the match. <laughs> so, um, Ba, honestly, before the red card, it would have been Ba. But I'm definitely going to go with Socrates instead. The number of times Socrates just came out of nowhere, pickpocketed somebody, ripped the ball out, blocking shots. I mean, he was everywhere. He was the brick wall. JVS, you done fucked up. That's your center back. That's your captain. My man of the match. And I'm also going to do a flop of the match, too. Maybe this is going to be a new trend. My flop of the match, and there's context. Costas Fortunis. The first time you will ever probably hear me say something this negative about him. This was your chance, Costa. This was your chance. Not you, Costa, obviously. I love you. But Fortuny, this was your chance, buddy. This was your chance to do something special and do something magical. And you did nothing. There, there's probably some excuses, and some people probably get upset with me for saying this. But he was my flop of the match. This was his chance to take this game, whip it on its back, and thrust his will upon it. My flop of the match, Costas Fortunis. And coaching great for Martins. It's an A. Uphill battle. Caught Arsenal off guard and constantly had them on the back foot. That's it. A for Martins. Should have been a win. Or, sorry. Should have got more goals. It was a win. You guys made my, my life easy, I guess. Well, let me try and be a little bit different or maybe bring up a player that none of you brought up today. Jan and Villa. He's very, very, right. very, very good in the midfield. He's so good, God damn it! He's so, so good. good. What I say from Ammonia? None of you clowns believe me, huh? No long balls. From the very start, I said Jan and Villa's class. 
we hottie looking at you wise scout bullshit anyway <laughs> we didn't see a lot of those like long diagonal balls but it was just great to see him back in the midfield breaking up play and looking to to set the team up on a counter quickly and you know he was just like that that ferocious lion in midfield and the amount of times that i saw him diving in for tackles and winning the ball and no, really, I was. Uh, I, I thought he had a decent game in midfield. I thought it, there were moments in the game that he was really carrying uh, Maddy as well. Um, so I want to give him a shout out. I think in the end, for me, I think he, uh, Ba would have been my man of the match today if not for the red card, St- like standout performance. If I'm a scout watching that game, I'm looking at this guy and thinking, who the hell is this guy? Put him on my shortlist. How much is he worth? I want to find out more. And then I see the red card and think, "Ah, okay, this kid's got mental issues. I don't mean that in a bad way, but like he has, he's still immature. And that, that set him back. Then who's my man of the match? Ah, Jesus Christ. Ari, God damn it. <laughs> Socrates was brilliant, man. It's like, you just expect it. I, I expect it from him. Oh, maybe, I, maybe I wasn't sure when we signed him how long it would take for him to get to that level that we saw today and the last game against Arsenal. But if there was any shred or slither of doubt in my mind about his ability and whether he was still capable, my God, did he... Did he prove the doubt as wrong today and the game against Arsenal? And JVS, go suck on it. Like you and Gramenos. Gramenos, you can go and fuck off on the 27th of March when the elections are coming. Crawl back down into that hole from whence you came and never poke your head back out. You, I'll stop there. But Jose Sar gets my man of the match. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> I, can I give a shout out to, I know we the fans did it last year, and you guys meet me all the time, but I would go to the airport for the team for that performance. I know if there was no coronavirus, like I feel like that team deserves to be welcomed back for the fight they've shown through everything this year. And I don't know. Maybe that's a bit too much for you guys. Maybe people think it's like a joke to go greet a team that didn't make it through, but they just gave everything. I am. Maybe it's just, I'm just so goddamn proud of this team. Like I love this team so goddamn much. And there's times I have not loved an Olympiacos team. It pains me to watch Alexi Romao play in the midfields for, for how many years. So I'm just soaking it all in, even though it's a loss in the season, maybe over for competitive reasons. I'm, I'm just so proud of Olympiacos. I'm sorry, guys. That's me. There may all... still be some crazy Greeks that turn up at the airport. <laughs> Goddamn right. I'll eat the fucking Even with the 200 COVID, euro fine. Sure Screw it. They, they, they definitely do deserve it, guys. Um, yeah, as we begin to wrap up, not just on this podcast episode, but on the European campaign uh, for this season, very, very tumultuous campaign from you know, thinking we could get second in our Champions League group from the Hassan magic against Marseille 
to the UEFA Mafia Dimitri Payet penalties and scraping into the Europa League to thinking we were going to go out without any shot in the Europa League to think we were going to have to trot out Jose Olevas and Rafinha and then the magic against PSV and getting this far. Um, it's been, it's been a wild, wild ride, you know, with coronavirus and all of this stuff and the new signings and, but you know, we're, we're here now. I think hopefully we can go into next year, building on the results that we made here. The core will have more time to build together. Socrates, as we've said, is like, guys, he's probably, he might, he's probably like the best center back in the super league at this point, guys, like he, the, the, the level he's reached, he is what he is right where, you know, he used to be when he was playing for Arsenal. So um, anyway, thank you everybody for listening uh, or watching. If you're watching on YouTube as well, especially if you've made it this far, continue to interact with us on social media, gate seven, INTL on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Reddit. Keep an eye out for live shows, guys. We're going to try to start doing them more. They're really easy for us to do. Even if it's just halftime of a game, like come on and say hi. Keep an eye out for those. I think on Twitter, you can even turn notifications on for when we're going live. So you can uh, use that little feature as well. And we will continue to play with that. We might try Instagram as well, uh, depending on how things go. But yeah, uh, thank you everybody for the interaction so far like subscribe comment on youtube if you're watching us on youtube thank you so much for tuning in leave a review on apple if you're listening to this on apple podcasts tell a friend if you know an olympiakos fan uh, if you know someone who loves greek soccer and, and wants to get into olympiakos english that's what we're here for trying to spread the community so uh, until next time thank you so much have a great rest of your week and we'll see you very soon You just listened to an episode of the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Brussels to Tokyo, from Toronto to Geneva. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you will never miss out on the latest updates and stories of the team you love. If you liked what you heard, make sure to follow us on social media at Gate7INTL Give us a subscribe on YouTube or even leave a review on all our podcast channels. Until next time, this is our team, our city and our story. Thrilos, you say. Stomialo kati magiko.